Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. My guest today is one half of the team of Paris fashion dog icon, Little Lilla Sunshine. The pair have taken Paris by storm by recreating real-life couture for dogs. Every year, Corona and Lola visit Paris Fashion Week and create looks inspired by the runway. All right, so I'm going to get started. Um, welcome to the show, Caron. It's so nice to have you here, you and little Lola. Um, I just want you to talk a little bit about who you are, what you and Lola do, and explain how you entered the fashion world with Lola. Oh, well, Lola and I are a do- known as a dog team in professional circles. We're a therapy dog team. We are a professional trick dog team. But most importantly, we are just a team. She's my buddy. Um, we go out. We have fun. We make people smile. I never in a million years thought that this would be what I would be doing with my life. But I've always said, everybody has an instrument to change the world. Everybody has a way to make people smile. Mine just happened to be a little dog. <laughs> a very smart little dog, not just any little dog. Well, you know what? I'm a firm believer that all dogs are smart. Somebody just showed me how to connect with my dog. And I learned to think like Lola. And therefore, I could communicate with her. But every dog is as smart as Lola, or Lola is as smart as every other dog. Just good training and connecting with your, your pup. Exactly. All dogs are smart. And can you explain to listeners what you do in Paris with Lola? Let me tell you how I got to Paris, and then I'll tell you what I do in Paris and how we came up with this idea. Um, I had been training Lola for about nine months, and... I was training with a professional trainer for performance, but we didn't have any idea about who Lola and I would be or what Lola's persona was going to be. And there are dogs at the kennel that have, you know, their protection dogs, their trick dogs, but they told me to figure out what Lola was going to be. And one day I said to them, what if I made her the fashion dog? And it sounded like a good idea. And of course, if Lola was going to be the fashion dog, it would involve a trip or many trips to Paris to street style during fashion week. Because if you're really going to be the fashion dog, you've got to do it. And so, you know, it was, we packed our bags and away we went. We ended up in Paris. And were you nervous at all to bring your little fashion dog and to show her off in that way? I mean, it's something, I think what you do is something very different because yes, people dress dogs up, but Lola wears real fashion. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. If she was going to be the fashion dog, this was not going to be a t-shirt sort of thing. But it didn't really quite dawn on me in the beginning. I thought I would take her in front of fashion venues, do a few tricks, send her into the crowd, let them be wowed by her. And I took a little black sweater and a bow and a pearl collar. And I dressed her like 
a lot of people dress their dogs. But we happened to be in front of Chanel. The black and the white is kind of a Chanel code. And I didn't quite flesh out the whole idea. But when we got there, the press was on us. And it was at a time during Fashion Week when you could get really up close toward the venues. Um, I mean, we're talking, I've been doing this for six years. Um, Six years ago, the scene was completely different. Lola was featured in Women's Wear Daily Street Style. We got some press and we were interviewed. But I came home and I realized that we really needed to up our fashion game. We really needed to up our fashion game for the next season if we were going to do this and we were going to do it to the best of our ability. So you started reaching out to different... No, I started thinking about what fashion houses had a code that was very Lola, what designers she liked, what were the, I'd look at the runway shows and there were some, what, what would Lola, if she were a human, which of those outfits would she wear? Then I had to decide, okay, which ones could actually be translated to something a dog would wear. And we started with a little tweed Chanel jacket and a boater hat. I think it was a black velvet collar and a white ruffled collar with a black velvet. And we nailed the code of Chanel. And we went back to Chanel the next season. But there are other designers that we like an awful lot, like Andrew Ginn, and I would go through his runway. I worked with several talented dog couturiers um, who would translate my vision. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it mostly works. What's one of the craziest experiences you had on the runway with Lola? Well, going into Andrew Ginn sitting front row Mm -hmm. was pretty amazing. Um, We would walk into the show when everybody was sitting and waiting for the defile to begin, and we would do tricks walking in. And people would take out their cameras, and they'd want to have selfies. Um, The very first time, the first trip to Paris was really only a few tricks in front of Chanel. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much street style and how many clothes were going to be involved. And the next time we went to Paris, we really sort of laid it all out there. I wanted to show up at Valentino because Valentino is charming and Parisian and just has so much in their code, butterflies and little studs and sunglasses and charm that I really wanted to go to Valentino, but I have ne- had never seen the venue. So Lola had a red chiffon dress. Somebody gave me a Build-A-Bear leather jacket and I tossed it over. And when I got to the Hotel Saint-Rochild where they were holding the, the show, where there was the venue, there was no room for Lola. I mean, I couldn't put her down. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a disaster. But the only place I could find to put her was on the back of a motorcycle. And she was there in her leather motorcycle jacket, her gown. We had all the press coming around. There There was no room for tricks. But we were interviewed on French television. (laughs) <laughs> and my in-laws in Lyon saw it, and people around the world saw it. And that was like our first time out. So that was crazy. It was sort of an accident. Then we'd go into Andrew Ginn and we'd sit front row, but we'd do tricks all the way in. And, um, you know, the, it was the bloggers were there competing 
the influencers were competing for camera time. And I'd show up with Lola and all of a sudden all the cameras would be on us um, because it was novel and it was different. And it was fun. We really had a lot of fun. And you brought a lot of smiles too. Yes. And there are some people that would roll their eyes, but you know, if they didn't get it, well, that was just too bad. At least they noticed and rolled their eyes. Um, (laughs) But we had fun. It made people smile. It was different. And the people in the know would look at her clothing and make the connection. The time that you and I went out in front of Scaparelli, Mm-hmm. The Place Vendome, and Lola was wearing a wedding gown that Kendall Jenner had worn for um, a red carpet in Cannes, and it was see-through. And we yeah. created it exactly, even down to the little seahorse Demonte brooch on it. The head of the workroom from Scaparelli, they were all coming back from the, the show. It was Couture Week. And the head of the workroom stopped and in French said to her coworkers, look, the dog is wearing the wedding gown that Kendall <laughs> Jenner wore. And it's really fun when people get it. Some people just think I dress my dog in clothes, but I was inspired by what was really coming down the runway, what was coming down the red carpet, and what was being broadcast around the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a Lola look. I'll take it. And you did such a great job at working with your designers to create these fun looks. And I mean, people were recognizing that this was real couture. I mean, it, was it was real couture, you know what? And she, Lola kind of looks like a blonde it girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the, the high point was we had done a photo shoot. You and I had done a photo shoot in the Place de Vosges. And it's probably still one of my my favorite images come from that afternoon. And Lola was wearing a pink tulle dress that was a Giambattista Bali. I remember. Or a dog one. And then I found Chiara Ferrani wearing the same Giambattista Bali pink gown and doing the side by side. It was a really fun who wore it better. <laughs> I remember that day really well. That was so fun. And Lola's just so well behaved. I mean, she just loves on everybody. It just it's fun to see people be so happy to be around her. Like you said, you guys just bring joy everywhere you go. You know what? She is like a once in a lifetime dog. She is she loves everybody. And she she does. She'll go up to everybody. She'll let herself be held by anybody. She will show joy whether you're a homeless person on the street or the fanciest woman coming out of a runway show. She loves on everybody equally and everybody, most people smile. Yeah, she's so lovable. I mean, I always loved working with you guys, taking pictures and such crazy experiences. I remember Nikki Hilton and her mom, like, <laughs> stopping by on the sidewalk to, like, and love on Lola. And that picture, but they didn't tag. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but, or what about that afternoon? When we were out in front of the Plaza Atene and she was on the red carpet and everybody was coming out to go to Dior and she was wearing Dior. I feel like dogs are so much more loved in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, they go so many places and it's such a dog friendly city. It's very true. There's a big difference between American and French experiences with bringing your your animals around. So you can take them to restaurants, shops, fashion shows. Exactly. And she was even in a museum for a fashion exhibit once. Guy looked at me and rolled his eyes and... (laughs) 
and just pretended that he didn't notice she was in my bag. He just let us go. Yeah, I feel like you can get away with a lot more. They just exactly. If, yeah. if the dog is well behaved and makes people smile. Can get away with a lot. It's true, especially in France. That's a French thing. And I know a lot of people are curious about Fashion Week in Paris and all the glamour and the celebrities. And can you tell people a little bit about what it's like to go to a show? I don't think very many people know how short they are, too. I mean, all that work and money and the shows are, what, 10, 15 minutes long? Mm, 10. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a very intense experience. You walk in. Um, people in the front row are decked out in their best, usually of best clothing from that designer. Some of them are standing room only that they, they let students, um, in, in the back rows and they get, there's, it's standing room only. It's hot usually Mm -hmm. because so many people are crowded into the space and waiting for the show to begin and the lights dim. And the music comes on and the music is an integral part, but it's not just background music. It's the walls vibrate and the lights go on and these long leggy models um, come out in the most amazing visions that, that that are summoned from these designers' imagination. It takes your breath away and it's exciting and it's fun and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as it starts, it's over. As soon as it starts, it's over. Um, it's a good thing most people have their their phones out and capture it because if you blink your eyes, you'll miss it. And having gone to some see some of the collections up close after a show. It's amazing to me. I'm like, did I miss that one? Where was it? It happens so fast. It's so intense and it is such a sensational sensory event that you think, oh, this was my favorite. And you go back to look at the collections and you're like, oh, I missed that one. Or I don't remember it. Or how did this one get by me? Or this one looks so much better up close. But it's almost like entering a disco, Studio 54 in the 70s and 80s must have been just (laughs) like one of these shows. And is it hard to get into the shows? Like, do you have any tips for people who are dying to get into any show? You know what? I was lucky. I had been going to the shows, like I said, six years ago when I started with Lola, now seven, I guess. Um, No, six years. It was a completely different experience. Instagram wasn't so big. Social media wasn't so influential. You know, you write a nice letter, you get an invitation. And now it's a little bit more competitive. We'll see what the next season is going to be like because things are going to change. You know, everybody crowded into a room like that. I don't see it happening again next season. But um, Mm -hmm. it became very competitive. But the novelty of Lola either got us an immediate rejection or got us, or or the door flew open. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was one or the other. It was, yeah, the novelty of Lola sort of opens all doors. So get a cute dog and dress her in beautiful clothes and maybe you'll get into a show. And maybe you'll, and teach her to do a few tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a good haircut and maybe you'll get into the shows. And do you have advice for people who are exploring their creative gifts and maybe Wondering what they're good at or what they're interested in. Like, what advice would you give people who want to be more creative in their daily lives? Be open to trying things. And everybody's a novice at some point in their life. And the more you do it and the more you open yourself up, 
um, the better you will get at it. And the more outlandish and creative, the more fun it is. This is the way I positioned Lola. If I would have been uptight about it or saying nobody wants to see this, or I would have never had the fun or done or gone to the places that I did. I mean, and who would have thought a, do- a, a Yorkie puppy and a few tricks would have gotten me into the places we went. One mm-hmm. season I went to um, Florence, Italy, and it was the Condé Nast luxury convention. And it was the first or the second one. Lola and I were doing tricks outside the Palazzo Pucci and the door opened and somebody said, come in, come in. <laughs> and so, so I guess that's an invitation. We didn't really crash the party. We met the heads of like Goyard and Pucci and all the big fashion houses. We did tricks. People took selfies with Lola. We came out of a party and Princess Beatrice of York was standing there. I have a picture that I captioned two Yorkies. Um, (laughs) But, you know, had I not let it go and said, I don't know what this will do for me. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know. I wouldn't have had so much fun. And so many people were made, were happy because Lola was there. Mm-hmm. I had no expectations. That's the I, best way, yeah. I had no expectations. And somebody once said, Corinne, you just go out there and you let your freak flag fly. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably, you can't be self-conscious. You can't wonder what anybody else is doing. You just got to go do your thing. And our thing was to go do it and disappear. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. often you find Lola and I in a street corner doing tricks together. <laughs> Yeah, without the crowds. And did you ever feel like you were going the wrong direction when people were rolling their eyes or not giving you the nice feedback? Did that ever hurt your objective or you just kind of, it didn't even phase you? It always hurts when the trolls come around and people who don't understand about the connection I built with my dog. The trolls come out, people shout things at me on the street, poor dog, take the dress off of her. You know, the clothing was just costumes for a character that Lola played in that moment. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, Lola's naked. Mm -hmm. You know, so yes, it hurts. Um, People judge and really they shouldn't judge. Um, Somebody said, poor dog. And I asked him, I said, do you have a dog? And he said, yes. And I said, where is your dog? And he said, at home. I said, and what did you do today? He said, well, I'm here, you know, in Paris at a fashion show. I said, and where was your dog yesterday? He said, at home. And he realized where it was going at that point, Mm -hmm. walked away from me. But don't judge me because I put a dress on my dog and we are together all the time and we are out having fun. If you don't want to dress your dog, that's okay. But, you know, Lola gets the dress on. And when she, she kind of knows. Mm-hmm. And when she's on, she's on. She gets a little spring in her step. When she nails a trick, she gets really kind of, and she knows when the clothes go on, the curtain goes up and she's happy. And you guys do a lot of volunteer work as well, like in children's hospitals and things of that nature. We do. We go into hospitals. We've been in hospitals all over the world. We were invited to the Ospedale Bambino Gesù, the children's hospital of the Holy See in Rome. We went in, we did a few tricks, we did some therapy work. Um, We were invited to Italy. We were on television. I've been to Shriners hospitals in the United States from LA to Chicago. 
all over the country. We also go into underserved Chicago public schools and work with the students because it incentivizes them to read and write. And the reward for them is being able to come and read the stories that they've written about whatever they want to write about. Usually it's a dog because that's the whole premise to Lola. So it's not just getting them to read, it's getting them to read, write, and come back to Lola. And that's sort of the, the, the high point of our afternoon or their afternoon. We take over classrooms. Um, it's a great program called Sit, Stay, Read. We're really proud to be a part of that and giving back. And I must add that if Lola does not come with clothes on, the kids are a little disappointed. They like oh. to see her come in like she spent all morning getting dressed to come for her visit. Even the little boys, the bigger and poofier the, the tool dresses, the sunglasses, the heart-shaped sunglasses on Valentine's Day. Kids are really disappointed if she's naked, so we aim to please. <laughs> and what are you most excited about for your future work? You know, we're at a junction right now. I had to sort of backpedal on the Instagram because it's a fine line of putting it out there and being drawn into everything and making your follower count what's important. We will be back to Paris during Fashion Week wearing fashion, but we're going to do it just because it makes us happy and the passerbys happy. It's not for social media consumption. I think that's great advice because I know a lot of people get too wrapped up in Instagram and it kind of ruins many experiences. So I think that's... It ruins... I was... At one point, I got so stressed out over it and I lost focus of why we were doing what we do. I dress... I focus on fashion because I'm interested in fashion yeah, and taking it and applying it to tricks and dogs and and fun. But I had to backpedal on the Instagram because Instagram, putting it out there on Instagram is like hoping for fame. If you're mm -hmm. just doing Instagram for Instagram's sake. Yeah. You want followers. Why? Because you want the fame. And waiting for fame is waiting for some, fame is something people give to you. And waiting for somebody to bestow something on you can be kind of a, it's not the ideal experience. But mm -hmm. I know that with Lola doing what I do, I can go out and make myself and make people happy in that moment, no matter what. I control it. And so will I publish it on Instagram? You'll find us there. But it's just a different way. We will go back to Paris. We will go back to Milan. We will have some crazy outfits. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Because it's fun. It is fun. It's for me to create it too. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people enjoy it as well. I think a lot of people look forward to seeing what you'll come up with next. And where can listeners see more pictures of Lola's fashion and your life together? They can find us on Instagram at littlelolasunshine.com. And that will always be our, our main channel. And our life together is going to be taking a new turn. Um, we're hoping to move to France. And Lola has to brush up on her French. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, we're going to be back. We're going to find more outlets. Right now, I'm getting ready to auction off some of Lola's um, more recognizable fashion clothes. There's a Chanel outfit that she, a, a meme went viral. Um, oh. And she was wearing a gold Chanel outfit. We're going to be auctioning off her high fashion outfits to benefit children's charities. And I, 
I wish I had your talent with a camera. <laughs> I don't, so I'm going to do my best lay flats and use some of your photos to put them up there. And we're going to have an auction on eBay. And we're going to see if we can take care of some of our kids. Oh, that's such great news. I love that you're using all your gifts to like give back to others. So I'm sure people will be on the lookout for that. And I think through your Instagram, they can find out more about that, correct? Correct. It'll. They can always go to Instagram. They're always invited to DM us. I answer. Lola okay. answers. Sorry, Lola, Lola answers. answers. She tells me what she wants me to say. <laughs> Lola answers. And, you know, I, I love the, the discourse. I love the fact that people are interested in what we're doing. And for a while, I thought that I was going to close her Instagram, but I can't. There are too many people that we've met all over the world that that's their link to us. And I hear from them all the time. It's a great connector in that way. And I, I'm happy you didn't close it because, you know, just like you said, do what makes you happy and forget the rest. It is an amazing body of work that Lola and I created. And thank you so much for filtering it through your lens with your talent, because I mean, without you and, and that, do you remember when we went into that bakery? I came out and we have <laughs> the cutest pictures. Everything looks delicious. It's not just pictures of a dog. It's, it's that moment in time, those beautiful pastries and Lola. You managed to capture how it felt and what that moment was. And so thank you so much. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. I always look forward to welcoming, welcoming both you ladies to Paris every year. So <laughs> sad to see you, not see you, but I mean, it sounds like you're planning to move. So I'm excited that you guys are going to be around a little more often. And, you know, France will very much welcome both of you. You know what? Paris is our happy place. <laughs> Give Lola some love for me. And thanks so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to La Vie Creative. You can find more information on MissParisPhoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.